Indiana Runner Podcast Season 4, Episode 1. We're back. Taylor Marshall and I go through the top 50 boys teams and concentrate on the top 9, especially the top 6. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right, we're back from our hiatus. Colin Altavoke, Taylor Marshall, we're going to go through the boys' top 50, and we're going to release this a couple days before the actual uh, top 50 concludes on the website. So podcast listeners, shout out. Uh, we're going to go through them in kind of buckets of 10, although the first one we're going to start with is, is 11 of them. So we get 50 and then all the teams in the 40s, including number 40 then all the teams in the 30s, the 20s, so on and so forth. And then we kind of want to talk a little bit more about the single-digit ranked teams, the teams in the top nine. And, Taylor, we've each kind of picked out one team that we looked into just a little bit more to talk about, right? Right, yeah. And as we go through here, you know, I think we, we both pick teams that – or at least I, I pick teams I think that are sort of on the – on the outside looking in, right? So in terms of however that might play out, whether it be at the state meet or within their own semi-state for a state birth, um, I think we'll see, that's gonna be my theme anyway. Um, we'll take a look and see what teams you picked, um, but it's like teams that are just right there. If things were to fall into place, they could have a, a really special season for many of them. Depending on their semi-state, right? Cause it's like this year, it's gonna be way harder to get out of the Shelbyville semi-state than any of the other ones. Right. And some years in the past. Right. Yes. Yeah, some years in the past, New Haven and Shelbyville have been, you know, pretty even. That's not the case this year on the boys' side. So here we go. Correct. Number 50, Pike, 49, Hobart, 48, DeKalb, 47, Carroll in Fort Wayne, 46, Leo, 45, Dwinger, 44, Wabash, 43, Morgan Township, 42, Evansville Wrights. 41 Lawrence North and 40 Tell City. So the uh, 40 through 50 on our preseason rankings, those have already been put out. I think right now each of the each of them they're all we're alternating uh, five per day. So we're at 21 on both sides. So 21 through 50. Okay, my team out of that was Lawrence North. Lawrence North is interesting to me. You said you kind of pick teams that you think are close to like making the state meter as we get higher, maybe like closer to being on the podium. Right. Lawrence North is, unless there's something that we really don't know about, is not going to make the state meet. We have yeah. Lawrence North, number 41, entering this season. And they are ranked 17th in the Shelbyville semi-state. How many make it out? Six make it out. Correct. And eighth in the Noblesville regional. How many make it out? Five make it out. So I think that they're going to have a hard time yeah. advancing yeah. out of the regional. In fact, even in their sectional, there's not necessarily a guarantee because it's a very, very competitive sectional. With it is. Right, they Bush, Guitar, yeah. 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 Let's say Burbuff decides to sit like three or four of their dudes because they don't have to run hard to get out. I mean, they could win, but like I mean, that's going to win, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if everybody runs their best kids, Buff wins, and and Ellen could be second. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, so I don't, I, I think geography is a real issue for them. However, they were eighth last year at Noblesville and they, and, and typically the team, the four good teams, good being teams that could make the state meet three or four, depending on the year, make it out of the other sectional that leads to that Noblesville regional, the Noblesville sectional. And then, so eighth and ninth are typically the last teams to make it out of the rebuff sectional that leads to the Noblesville regional. Um, Lawrence North is bringing eight runners back. Lawrence North had a really good spring. They very nearly, they won their race at the state meet in the four by eight. And then they almost meddled out of that. So they were, I I think they were 11th or 10th or 11th. Um, Joe Murphy is the coach at Lawrence North. He ran for Lawrence North. He was a state champion. Yeah, Um, great athlete, Ellen, yeah. And and was on the team the last year Lawrence North boys were really, really good. They were a title contender in in 2012. They didn't run as well that year at the state meet. Um, And then he went on to run at IU. I think he was a national qualifier. He had a very good collegiate career. So this is someone that really knows what he's doing and and clearly is connecting with with the athletes there. And uh, Nick Osten, Ostendorf, Ostendorf, it's got to be Ostendorf. Yeah. Um, ran on the the state meet four by eight, and then he ran uh, four twenty in the sixteen hundred, and I, it was at the regional, so I think that was probably a second event of the day. So yeah. that's someone that could kind of make it through individually um, through the season. Yeah, like you said, for for the team, geography is really tough. I, I wish for their sake, Ostendorf and a couple other other guys who are support staff, you call them like Norris and Anderson and Cole. I, I wish for their sake they were juniors because I think this could be a team that'd be really fun to watch if those guys came back for one more year. Right. Um, but and give, you know, giving Joe another year to kind of cook, right? With Yes. With those guys right. that they're clearly making a lot of, um, a, lot of a lot of progress. Yes. but it's just it, it's, it's a hard. It's, it's hard tough. in that area. Yeah, yeah. And it's, if they it, were in, even if they were in any other semi-state, I think you could harbor hopes of man. If we if we really improve, if we really get a good summer in, and maybe there's a guy that ran, you know, ran track and was pretty good and ran 450 off of no training, and now he's not going to play soccer or something like that. Maybe yeah. we could make it out of. But I mean, they're obviously they're not even close to other semi-states, right? Like. Right. They're not quite there. Um, but you know what? Uh, Joe Murphy is is building on something that could be special down the line. And uh, hopefully they'll continue to get some young kids in there who will, he can help develop and, and improve and get better. And it would it would be fantastic as a as a Lawrence Township guy. Right. I didn't go to L.A. and I'm an L.C. guy. Uh, but as a, as a Lawrence Township guy, it'd be fantastic to see a Lawrence school uh, back in the mix down the line. Again, like you said, they're not quite there this year, but uh, their hopes could ride an Ostendorf making it as an individual of the state meet. And then what kind of noise could he make down the line in, in Terre Haute, right? Could he, could he flirt with an all-state performance? Could he be in the top 50? You know, who knows, right? We'll kind of see how this happens. But uh, yeah, that's a good team. Good team to and, watch. You know, we'll look into some of these teams and it's like um we're, we're way over what we kind of projected for some of these already but we, we want to give these uh these teams and these um kids recognition like you see somebody that runs a good 800 yeah or even a good 1600 but good is like 433 in their sectional or whatever and that might be tough to translate like 
this guy ran 420 and I'm pretty sure it was the second event. Like he's going to be solid in cross country. I'm not saying he's going to finish in the top. He's not going to get a medal at the state meet necessarily. Maybe he could, I don't know. But um, when you run 420, that's. He's legit. Even if you're better at track, like you're going to be pretty solid at cross country, especially with like good instruction, like we were saying. Right. And that, yeah. and that again, that gives him a good load stick and, you know, they'll, sure. they'll be solid for sure. So good, good for them. Although at the, re- at that regional, he may be, he may be 29th at the state meet and, and 16th at that regional, you know, could be. Yeah. Just so you factor in, right. Like potentially, you know, three boys from Carmel, three boys from Burbuff, two boys from Noblesville. Like it adds up pretty quickly. Right. Right. Your team was tell city who we have ranked 40th. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell city, you know, as a team that um, again, my, my theme of the day here, Colin will be sort of outside looking in. So you have them ranked 40th. They're 41st on INCC stats. So right there, they're according to Indiana runner, the number eight team in the Brown County semi-state. So again, close things play out they could get to that number six spot and make it they haven't made the state meet since 2018 but what i like about tall city is that they have a couple of sophomores who were important in uh their tournament run as freshmen last year right so um i think one one thing that you and I have talked about as coaches, and I don't know how, how deep you want to get this or not, but is the development that takes place on the boys' side between the freshman year and the sophomore year. And if they can see that kind of development, then then they could very well flirt with a state meet berth, right? Again, this is not a team I don't that I'll predict to be on the podium by any means, but this is a team that I think if things play out, they could very well be at the state meet again. And then you bring back this young core of, of boys who have a little bit of experience and they're excited about being at Laverne at the last Saturday in October. And then, you know, what, what can we do as uh, juniors and then as seniors down the line? So I think Tell City is my team to watch from Southern Indiana here um, in that 40 through 50 range. So we have them 40th, like you said, 41st on INCC stats. Indiana runner has... Tell City is eighth at Brown County. INCC Stats has them as ninth. INCC Stats, now this is based on a lot of factors that in, does include some track performances. Track performances can help but not hurt. So if you run, if you're Will Conway um, and, and an athlete runs 856 over 3,200, that's going to help, right? Conway shot way up the rankings all the way up into second because it yes. can help him. But if you missed the track season, you had a poor track season compared to your cross-country season, it doesn't hurt your rankings. Right. Tell right. City has preseason a 32.7% chance to make the state meet. That's out of 25,000 simulations of the tournament. So that, that goes, that meshes with your, like, on the outside looking in, based on what we know now, which is a, a decent amount, right? We've got all these results from track and from cross-country and data, and we've got advanced uh analytics from incc stats we it's not like we know nothing sometimes people say like no the rankings don't mean anything well they're not consequential but they're there's value in that to figure out what's going on here's what i wrote about here's what our committee of one wrote about tell city in the top 50 they don't have a bona fide front runner nor did any of them have stellar track seasons but what they do have is an established tradition 
good coaching experience and upside with their young lineup, which is what you talked about. Sophomores in there. They haven't made the state meet since 2018, but in 2018, I think they made it three or four years in a row, yeah. which in Tell City is not a big school. Right. And, and, you know, as I'm sitting here looking, and you're talking about this, and last year they were the 16th team, 16th team at the Brown County Semi-State. No way, Colin. They blow that out of the water. They're much improved off last year. Even if they don't quite make it to the state meet, there's they're nowhere near a 16th place. They're they're just chomping at the bit. They're very close. So, um, like you said, they they're on the outside looking in. Um, the the hard part is no low stick, but that may not be as consequential in the Brown County semi-state as it might be at the Shelbyville semi-state, for example, in terms of the, the teams, the Calvary teams being bunched up and trying to make it. Um, so that that is a knock, but it may not be as big a knock as some of these other teams we may talk about when we get closer to the top 10. Let's go into the 30s now. 39, Fort Wayne Homestead, 38, Avon, 37, Portage. 36, West Lafayette, 35, Plainfield, the team that won the track state championship. Uh, they did that with sprinters, but interesting to note. 34, Northwood, 33, Lake Central, 32, Greenfield Central, 31, Penn, and 30, Austin. You picked as your team in this group of 10, number 34, which was Northwood. Yeah. Capital N, obviously, because it's the first letter, and also capital W. I'm not sure why, but it's always written like that. Well, let's do it. I love it. Why not? Um, Northview, or sorry, Northwood, sorry, Northwood, the number 34 team on the Indian Runner, number 33 team on INCC stats. Um, according to Indian Runner, they're number seven uh, team in the New Haven semi state. Again, sticking so, with the team of just on the you. outside looking in. Let me interrupt you here, real, real quick. This, I think, shows that. The New Haven semi-state, and I can say this, I grew up in Fort Wayne, it's Fort Wayne semi-state. It is not nearly as strong as it has been the last couple of years. Yes. The Concordia team that didn't make it last year would easily make it this year. It's going to be much easier to make it through that tournament path. Right. Yes. And this, which if you're Northwood, which is not a very big school, you know, they have not made the state meet since 1987. Colin, I think you were born in 1987. Is that right? It was. It was also the last year that um, Indiana won the national championship in men's basketball. Yeah, it just cool. turned 35, which yeah. is, you know, it's not old, but it's not young. Not and uh, Indiana has not won the national championship in men's basketball in my lifetime. Got close maybe twice. That's unfortunate. Three times if you count like Alan Henderson, 1992, but I don't know that so yeah well 92 i was just a just a, a little baby i was one years old so. hey you know what though taylor yeah maybe this is the year maybe northwood makes the state meet and indiana wins the national championship in men's basketball i tell you what if if northwood makes the state meet put all your chips in on the hoosiers making uh making a run for the title right there that's that'd be great You're so 1987 last last time um, and, and again, like I said, this is a theme. They have some young uh, guys coming back who are like important in their run uh, last year, right? Uh, three of their top five are juniors um, and can continue to improve and get better. And again, as the number seven team in the New Haven semi-state, one that isn't as deep as it's been the past, you've already noted on that. 
there, there's no reason why without a great uh, summer or into the fall, they, they can't be considered for that number six spot to make a state meet birth and then see what happens the following year with, with three strong seniors coming back. So I, I, I think Northwood uh, Panthers are a really exciting team to watch down the line. So here's what I wrote. I'm going to find Northwood on here found them 38.4% chance to make the state finals. So they're kind of in that same range as tell city, right? They're ranked pretty close on here again, based on what we know now. And yeah. we're, we're going to get into some stuff that we don't know, but like we know, right. We're not, we're not Adam Schefter, Adrian Wojnarowski. We're not going to report it on here, but like you and I are in the loop. We're on the, we're on the text chains. So we do know some things. Um, here's what I wrote about, Here's what was written about Northwood on the top 50. Northwood's margin of error is pretty thin, especially with some, it says times and meant teams. There's just going to be some errors on here. Don't start a whole message board thread about the small errors on there. Just keep it moving. All right. It's 10,000 word document. Especially with some teams behind the Panthers, always a threat to reload quickly due to tradition or enrollment to the teams that was specifically Alluding to there would be Carroll or Homestead in Fort Wayne, right? I mean, 2,500, right. good tradition, typically make the state meet. Um, right. Still, Northwood has very legitimate cause for excitement. This is cause of excitement, either one, heading into this fall. And you ready, Taylor? Yeah. Perhaps their best team in nearly 50 years. Oh, boy. That's exciting. That's, I clicked on INCC stats kind of like overall. Um, yeah the team pages, right? The all-time team page. Right. Now, let me mention this here, Colin. Um, we talk about this more so on the girls' side is picking up an, an, uh, an important freshman. Important is in, uh, I'm going to score points for the team, yes. right? Like that's far more common on the girls' side. But as I sat here and, and looked at the, the sort of returners from the New Haven semi-state, right? Their fifth best returner from the New Haven semi-state ran on that day in 1834, right? I don't think it's out of the question to think you could pick up a freshman who could run under 1830 come right. semi-state, uh, even at a smaller school, right? right. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, right? I'm just saying- the, uh, the, the, small, the smaller the enrollment, the less likely you are to get a kid like that, right? It's just basic math. Less likely, but I mean, 18, I mean, again, no, no offense to any kid who's running 1830, but it's also not really setting the world on fire here, right? Like the, it, you could potentially pick up a kid who would run at or near that level. And then all of a sudden now they've got a little bit more depth and a little bit more, you right. know, uh, you know, that might help propel them if it's close, right? If it gets close, then they have kind of a sixth guy who's right around there who can help uh, score. So I'm, again, I'm not saying this happened. I have no inside information. I have no idea what the middle schools are like that feed in Northwood. But, you know, if you could pick up a kid who could be right around that, that you know, all of a sudden he, he does make a difference in a way that you might see a freshman girl come in and make a difference on their team. And we've said too, like, oh, it's a smaller school, but you and I both coach and teach at, Potentially the largest public high school in the country. Right, right. Um, I think Northwood, I mean, Northwood has more than a thousand students. I'm almost positive. It's it's small, but it's not so small that when they make it, it would be super noteworthy. Like when, you know, Austin makes it or Bar Reeve or whatever. Right. My team was number 31, Penn. Uh, Penn is right in the mix to get out of the New Haven semi-state. They tend to make it out. They made it last year. Penn is graduating their top two runners, 
but they do have five back from a team that made the state meet. And Penn has Penn's kind of the opposite of Northwood, right? They're they're pretty evenly matched heading into the season. Yeah. Um, Penn has the eighth largest enrollment in the state, yeah. according according to the IHSA figures from last year. They're in the same semi-state, Penn and Northwood. And Penn has a 49.7% chance to make the state meet. So okay. higher than, than Northwood and by, you know, 10 to 12%. And um, they probably have a little more depth, right? That, that makes yeah. sense at a school of 3,500 versus a school of, you know, one third that. No so doubt. Yeah. I think, and I'll get into this with one other team. I, I think it's interesting when you've had an all state level runner, like potentially the best runner. Now I may be forgetting somebody from the past from Penn, but they had a runner that was fifth as a, as a fresh or fifth as a junior in the state, fifth or sixth. And um, one of the very best runners. And so what's interesting to me is like, in someone who's, you know, coached runners like this, when you have the best runner in the history of the school, what is it like when he graduates? What is the team like? And a lot of times having a runner like that, if he's of this personality or this persuasion that like he's done a good job with those younger teammates and they actually tend to get a lot better after he's graduated because they kind of know what to do and they're a year older. And so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not positive that, that Penn will be better than they were last year. They finished 17th at the state meet, but there's a couple of teams that I picked that kind of, they're, that's the position they're in. They graduated a top runner, the best runner in the history of their school potentially, um, but they're bringing a lot of guys back. So what does that team look like? Right. And like you said, they've, they've learned the ropes. They uh, have a, an elite athlete who's left them, but it still may be invested in the program coming around during the summer, working on the college that, you know, his, his training right. still touching base with the coach and the kids he was friends with his buddies, you know, um, you know, that there is a, there is an effect on that. I, I do agree that sometimes you see some really good guys leave and you think, well, maybe our team will take a bit of a hit this year. And then we end up being just as good, if not better. Right. I, I can tell you from experience that I've had one or two teams that I thought, all right, well, so-and-so is leaving. So we're going to take a little bit of a hit, but maybe the next year, but we were just as, as good. We finished just, you know, and that probably had a lot to do with the, um, you know, leadership, uh, or residual leadership after he was gone of some, some really top level guys that, you know, we were fortunate to be around. Let's get into the twenties here. Number 29, Goshen. I thought about making them my team. I did number 28, Jasper, number 27, Warsaw, 26, Northview, 25, Perry Meridian, 24, Mount Vernon, 23, Concordia, 22, Brownsburg, 21, Crown Point, and 20, Laporte. Now, when I picked mine, there were a lot of teams in here. Um, I kind of wanted to think about Goshen, and, and I may talk about them in a, for a minute. Um, Perry Meridian is a very, very interesting team to me. It's yeah. one that yeah. if Perry were in any other semi-state, they'd be thinking, okay, how, you know, do we need to GPS it to Terre Haute, or where should we be staying the night before? Um, yeah. But they're in the Shelbyville semi-state, so pour one out. Uh, Mount Vernon nearly made it last year. I think they're they're an interesting team to watch. Um, Concordia is always good. Laporte yeah. is interesting, even though they graduated with their best runner. But my team in this is Jasper, number 28. Jasper is Abe Ekman, graduated last year. I would imagine that 
Abe Ekman has all of the school records at Jasper. Um, he was fifth last year in the state meet. Uh, I put that in here. Uh, they do have uh, Jaron Weinel, who was um, a front runner, kind of a front runner last year, more of a front runner this year. Obviously, he'll probably get better. I think he'd be in the top 10 of the semi state. He could maybe even be an all stater. He ran, we talked about uh, Austin Dorf from Lawrence North running 420. Well, if you can run 420, that's pretty good. Weinel yeah. ran 422, so not, not that far off. Jasper was eighth last year at the semi-state, so they didn't make the state meet. They did make it the year before. Ekman graduates. Their other six athletes return, so potentially this is a better team this year. And sometimes um, some of the guys that I used to coach follow some of the same stuff I do. And Bill Simmons calls this the Ewing theory. Have you heard of this? Tell me about it. Okay, so the Ewing theory, it, it goes all the way back to when Patrick Ewing was playing basketball at Georgetown. And then right. he played for the Knicks. And some people noticed that it seemed as if when, when Patrick Ewing didn't play, that the teams played better. Now, of course, in distance running, that's not the case, right? Like, like well, you're not going to be better without this guy at the front. So it's kind of a joke. Um, but sometimes in, in basketball, you know, like, okay, we don't have the star. We're not sitting around watching him play. The ball's going to move around better, whatever. But yeah. there is oftentimes, more often than I would think, this is, again, this is anecdotal evidence that when that athlete graduates, and I don't think it's a mark against the kid. I actually think it's, it's, it's in his or her favor. You establish something. And even after you've gone, the, the team is good that you've, you've, you've still had an effect on these kids. So I wonder if you know, like, that's, like that's a perfect word for it. That yeah. I wonder if, you know, Jasper, we have six in the, in the Brown County semi-state. That yeah. I wonder if even without Ekman, that they and we have them ranked lower than they are on INCC stats, 49.7% chance to win. So it's kind of a bottleneck there in the 20s and 30s for those teams to get out of this Brown County semi-state. Also, never talked to Abe Ekman. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he ruined what could have been an even more signature moment of my life <laughs> by finishing second in the state meet in the 3200. Right, yes. Because if he doesn't make that last charge, the Carmel boys go one, two, and that would have been cool. One, one three was great, too. It was probably the highlight of my coaching career. But still. Well, keeps you hungry. It keeps you moving, right? So, <laughs> I, I okay. I know I said I was old, but I don't think I was going to retire if we went one, two. Yeah, well, you're I pretty excited. I need to keep busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, you know, again, that would be fantastic. Again, you talk about the, the legacy of, of that program and – what could happen there? Uh, my team in that section, uh, the Northview Knights, right? So the number five team. So you had Jasper as the number six team in the Brown County semi-state, or at least the committee of one did by by chance. The Northview Knights are the number five team in the Brown County semi-state, number 26 overall. They're hey, real, real quick, Jasper, I said, had, this is INCC stats. Yes. 49.7% chance to win. Northview, 44.7%. And you, I think you were going to get into the ranking. So our committee of one is a little higher on Northview than Jasper. They are, yeah. Because I was going to say, INCC Stats has Northview at 30th right now, right? Now, what I'm sure INCC Stats likes and then what probably Indiana Runner likes or what I might like, um, Northview has a legit low stick, a yes. potential all-stater, 
and their junior grant, right? Um, which will be a huge help, particularly at the semi-state level, right? So on a team that, you know, I, I would probably say is on the bubble. Like I wouldn't really put them in terms of a lock just yet in getting out of the Brown County semi-state. Like if I were them, I, I'm still feeling good, but like, I'm not great at, you know, uh, we're, we're not content yet. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, having a potential all-stater um, is a huge help. And then a, a, another uh, close, close number two and uh, and Dillman, right, uh, who was 39th the Brown County semi-state last year as a sophomore, right? So I think Northview, again, sticking with my theme is sort of being on the outside looking in. They, they might be a little bit on the inside, uh, but, you know, they don't have a ton of room for error, right? They were they won their sectional last year. They won their regional last year. They were fourth. Against the Bloomington schools. Semi-state. Yes, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not in some kind of random. Sometimes you see that where it's like, the 45th best team in the state wins a regional because that's just the way the enrollment and the geography shakes up. And we didn't, you know, we haven't, uh, to our credit, we haven't gerrymandered our, our alignment to look weird. Not, not yet. No, yeah, no politics in the podcast. Sorry. Um, yeah. You mentioned Grant and Dillman, like if they're both in the top 20 yeah. at the semi-state, you get two boys in the overall or, or two girls. I mean, it's just math either way in the overall right. top 20, as long as you've got a decent team behind them, it'd be hard not, it'd be hard not to finish in the top six. Yeah. If you've got two in the top 20 and you've got a legitimate like team around them, right? You come in, you're training, you're doing stuff over the summer. I like, I like their chances to get out. I think that was a good I, pick by you. I do. I do too. And I, and I, you know, you talk about during the summer and stuff, you, you know, you, you follow their coach on Twitter or, or you know, whatever. And, and, you know, based off what he's tweeting, I, I feel good about what they're doing this summer here. And I think they just got back from their team camp here, not recently, actually. Yeah. Um, but like you said, they, they, it seems like they're they're right there, ready to go and should should be in, uh, you know, I, not, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't know if maybe, comfort, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say comfortably. I, I, you know, fit, it's hard to say the fifth best I, team in some of my states comfortably in. I, I think I'd, I'd like their chances against yeah, some of teams, I, especially we talk about two, two potential guys in the top 20. Uh, you know, could could a Jasper do that? Could a could their seventh place team in the Brown County semi state do that? Likely not. So they maybe right. their favorite within that I subgroup. Think, and I think what you said it brings up a good point that you know, and as I talk to more coaches and and we bring on, you know, we have a lot of kids on our team at Carmel, and so there's like we are you know, we're fortunate that there's a lot of kids, which also means that we need a lot of coaches. And so, you know, we're bringing on new coaches once every two or three years. And I'm, you know, trying to mentor and help these um, other coaches that I think sometimes people might be surprised. If you're a coach and you're listening to this, you probably take it really seriously, right? And you're into it. And if you go to the coaching clinics and you see the coaches present and you're active and you're reaching out, like you take it really seriously. And you and I obviously both take it really seriously. Yeah. And, and did, you know, before we were the coach, the head coach where we are now, um, that it feels like, well, of course, every team has that. And that's just not the case that not every team takes it that seriously. Northview is a perfect example of a school that takes it seriously. And when they've got that coming back, I think the likelihood of them making it out just isn't accurately reflected in the numbers because those their 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 chances of a 
like casualties of just not getting a good season from their kids, their kids are going to be solid because they take it seriously and they go to camp and they run on, they, they meet four five, six times a week and they run. Right. So right. I, I, I like, I like their chances. And that's not to say that a lot of these teams that we've talked about don't, don't do that. Yeah, we like just that. don't necessarily know that because, you know, you and I, between a lot of these, we know a lot of these coaches. Right. Right. Let's get to the, these are the, I guess the teens, 10 through 19, number 19, Chesterton, number 18, Bloomington South, 17, Chittard, 16, Westfield, 15, North Central. Interesting that they're back to back there. 14, Hamilton Southeastern, 13, Floyd Central, 12, Bloomington North, 11, Valparaiso, and 10. We're out here on these streets. Oh boy. On Thursday, we were out here on the Monon. Uh, Garen. Shout out. My team is number 17, Chittard. Ch- team futuristic here. Chittard has a very good young team. I think they're potentially a year away. Right. They made it to the state meet in the four by eight. Now it's easier given their tournament path. It's easier to make it to the state meet in the four by eight than it is in cross country. I would agree. Yeah. They go through the Noblesville Regional. We have Chittard ranked seventh in the Noblesville Regional and 10th in the Shelbyville Semi-State. I think they have a couple runners who could be very much improved, who based on their, their results when they're younger, the younger you are, the more it's about talent, right? And the older you are, the more it's about training. Correct. So you display the talent more when you're in eighth or ninth grade than you do when you're in 12th grade. Yeah. I think Chittard has a lot of talent and I think they could translate that this year. And not only do they have a a sophomore who was a very, very good eighth grader and had a solid freshman season, they have another sophomore that didn't run cross country, but if they add him, and they kind of do well on that, that they could they make it out of this, could they make it out of the regional? Well, right ahead of Chittard, Chittard is seventh in the Noblesville Regional. And then ranked one spot above them is Westfield. Westfield could potentially be getting some help. I don't know that that what they're bringing in potentially is a guarantee based on their middle schoolers and, and maybe one move-in slash transfer. Yeah. And then right above them is North Central. So it's as it looks right now, well, Chittard's not going to make it out of the regional. Well, yeah, maybe not, except they're only one spot behind the team that's going to, that's projected six and one, two spots behind the team that's projected fifth. Right. So that's a difference of just a few points at the regional. And if they make it out of the regional, they could make it to the state meet. It's right. a hard, it's going to be a hard year to make it to the state meet though. Cause Garen is who's ranked 10 is seventh in the Shelbyville semi-state. So that the team that we have as the set as the 10th best team in the state ain't making it to the state meet. Right. Now we'll so see, like, cause we're out here obviously on these streets. Yeah, exactly. So, so going back to the point that you opened on Chittard might be that team to watch in 23, right? They're just one more year away from being a potential state meet team 
that's, uh, not that's, that they couldn't make it necessarily, correct. but that seems like the way the cards are kind of falling uh, within, you know, where the teams are now that that could be, you know. So that's boring. interesting. This is why we brought you here, Paul Pierce. That's why they brought me here. This is what I do. Yeah. Yes. It seems like they would be, okay, they'll probably be better in a year, right? Because their best runner is going to be going into his junior year. They've got uh, potentially a couple of sophomores. We'll see if one of them runs. I know Shatard's got a pretty good soccer program. They're returning five from last year's seven. And last year, they almost made it out of the regional. They were sixth. So and now score-wise, I'm not sure. I could probably just scroll up here and see who was fifth in that regional. And was it North Central? Uh, yes. yes. North Central scored 138 at the Noblesville Regional. Scored, and Chatard yeah. scored 146. Very, so very. They close. were very, very close. They bring five of them back, but two of them are seniors. So then there's only three coming back the next year. And it's like, well, how, how deep is your team? It's, it's so Chatard projects as the 10th best team on Indiana Runner. Yeah. Indiana Runner rankings, the 10th best team in the Shelbyville semi-state for 2022. And then INCC Stats has the two early rankings for 2023. Now, granted, yeah. that, that won't include any freshmen or any sophomores. Right. It's two right. years in the future. And who knows how less likely to impact the boys. But still, there's going to be some freshmen and sophomores in 2023 that score, that move this around, right? Yeah. Chatard ranks as, projects rather, as the 10th best team in the semi-state in 2023, with an only an 18.4% chance to make the state meet in 2023. Again, too early too early although it, it gives you a pretty good idea it gives yeah, you a decent it gives, idea it's better you know, than nothing if you're running at chatard or coaching at chatard then that gives you a little bit of like hey we're, we're focused on this season and right. trying to be the best we could be but just you know hey what could happen the following year right like we if we set ourselves up really well and we we're really gunning for as you know, a semi-state birth this year and, and seeing what happens in Shelbyville if we do make it. But the following year, we could really be, you know, punching our ticket to Terre Haute. So that, that so, could very well happen. Chatard 17th on Indiana Runner, 19th on INCC stats. So apparently our committee of one is a little higher on them, maybe kind of projecting like, well, maybe that guy that ran on their four bike might run cross country. I I don't have any reason to think that he will. I don't know who he is. I don't know anyone from Chatard. Right. 8.7% chance to make the state meet. That's not very high for the yeah. 17th ranked team, considering that 24 teams go to the state meet. And then it's, you know, a little bit more than double that for 2023, but again, pretty, pretty early. Cause who knows right. a kid could change school districts. A kid could go from the public school to the private school or the private school to the public school. The kid could move yeah. from out of state. I mean, all of these things. And we do know, and we can get into this in just a second here. We, we're not going to mention any specific names, but we're, and I'm not, you know, Joe Dumars holding two phones at once, but like coaches talk to us. And so we do kind of know, Hey, the, this kid's, this kid's moving from this school to that school. His parents got a new job. He's going down here. This team's getting somebody in from out of state. This, yeah, you know, this kid's moving from mom's house to dad's house or whatever that we, some of these schools are probably getting, so these guys could move around teams a, a little bit. The team that finished second last year at the state meet, they had 
They did so with kids that, that changed school districts. You can change school districts. You don't need to stay at the same school for four right. years. And the IHSA transfer rules are getting a little bit more lenient. Right. Um, or you can I move in from, think that's a bad thing. You can move in from out of state and help your team win a state championship on the girl side. So you anything, could, you could, you could yeah. anything, anything could happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's a country of 330 million people. People move that's around, a lot of, you know, a lot of and there's going to be, there's going to be, I mean, we're kind of, we're joking and we're not joking and, you know, but also like, this is good. This is going to increase more as people are not necessarily tied down to their jobs. Right. They don't have to be in a specific office building. They can work remote, right. you know, whether that be at their house, that's 15, 20 minutes away from the office, or if it's, you know, four or five hours away from the office, you know, whatever. Um, right. So to, to that point, uh, again, not, not going in depth or, or naming anybody, uh, before I get to the team in this section that I selected, I think uh, Westfield may be getting an important, and by important, I mean a scoring transfer. Yeah, not necessarily like an, like an all-state level guy, but someone that could help. But someone who would make the, so to this point, Westfield, according to a runner, is the number six team in the Noblesville Regional. Right. And the number nine team at this the Shelbyville Summit State. With this runner, if he is doing all the things that, that are asked of him and he runs what he's capable of running, then he might help this team make it to the state meet. Again, he's not going to be, uh, hey, now all of a sudden we're podium contenders necessarily. That's not the case. But we could, we being Westfield in this case, we could. Uh, arrive at the state meet in a year that maybe we weren't thinking that necessarily with losing our low stick and Kai Connor and just, you know, as he has graduated, moved on, uh, you know, their last state meet appearance was 2015. So that it's been a little while that they, they could very well as a team make it. Um, but there are some other things that have to play out uh, within that. And that, that transfer may be coming from within the regional, which might shuffle this up a little right. bit. I mean, right. you know, rumor has it that that could happen. So Ewing uh, theory, right? Kai Connor's out and suddenly they're right. back at the state meet. Not Correct. Kai Connor's fault. Not Kai Connor's fault. Kai Connor's moved on. He's graduated. He's down in uh, Alabama. Alabama. Uh, hanging out with Nick Saban, apparently. So uh, wait, wait, wait. Do you, did you like see a picture? You're just saying because Nick Saban's Alabama coach. You didn't like see a picture of him with Nick Saban. No, you? I'm pretty sure I saw oh, a picture yeah. with it. Was, it was Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, and then Kai Connor right in the middle. Yeah, uh, trying to, try to keep them from fighting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was already – he was already – he's a leader. Each other's next. Good guy. He's a leader. He's, he's separating the, the fray right there. Uh, my pick in this section here uh, is a team that I think is very underrated. I don't know how they're outside of the top ten. I don't know the committee of one. The committee of one. But the committee of ones you're kind of committee of ones been getting up every two hours or so all uh, summer. So and it shows in the <laughs> rankings. My God, no sleep. The Valparaiso Vikings ranked at number eleven, and they're the number one team in the New Prairie semi-state, right? And my theme in selecting these teams, Colin, as I said earlier, is this: these are te- these are uh, teams with with guys on the outside looking 
looking in? Is your team's on the outside looking in? And you say, well, Taylor, how does a team that ranked number 11 on the outside looking in? They're number one in their semi-state. They're shooing. They're going to make it to Terre Haute. They're already booking their, their room at the uh, Motel 6 down there. Gosh, I hope not. Somewhere oh, else. no, no, no. Okay. So, oh my gosh. Not very professional, but who listens to this podcast for the professionalism? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like, not. Wrong podcast. I'm almost positive the first year that the state meet was in Terre Haute. My school made it and we were fourth, 2004. Now that I know those, those are all, I'm not almost positive about that, but I, I'm almost positive that we stayed in the Motel 6. Yeah, I, no wonder you guys ran so poorly that day. No, we were fourth. We were like ecstatic. I wasn't on the seven, I was in the 12, so they let me go. But You slept on the floor. I did sleep on the floor. I did sleep on the floor. <laughs> yikes well okay. here's here's, here's what i like about valpo so much right um valpo has has three young guys i talked about this ear- earlier uh, on another team here but but they're they're two three four are all a uh, sophomores right who um again ha- having coached boys in the past and, and you're a boys coach now i think Confirmed. you can recognize or understand the uh, growth that takes place in terms of athletic performance between their freshman year and their sophomore year, right? So if they if they experience that up in Valpo and they have what is a very easy uh, path to the state meet, you, you know, their coach could sit down and plan out and say, hey, boys, we're, we're not, uh, we don't need to be at our best at our regional. As that, is some super, team, that is super valuable. Absolutely. Right. If, if you're, you're pointing if you're, to the state meet that being able to just kind of run through your regional and semi-state is so valuable. Whether we're sitting guys or we're not running uh, as hard as we possibly can. Right. Or you're it, training through and running dog tired at the regional and the semi-state. Absolutely. Right. There's no secret to distance running, but if there was one, that might be at the high school level. And if you're the number one team in your semi-state and there's no chance, I mean, it's on paper anyway, right? I mean, you know, Scott Liskin say there's no 98.7% chance to make the state finals. Yeah. yeah. Based on what we know now, actually based on less than what we know now. So there's a, there's a incredibly strong likelihood that they're making the statement anyway. Like you said, they can run tired throughout the sectional regional and semi-state rounds and then hop on the bus and leave from central time to get down to Terre Haute uh, the night before they, they, this is a team that is really dangerous. Now, what I will say is my sort of caveat to this is that they, they are an incredibly talented team in a year where the podium looks really tough, right? I'm not saying no. that they're on the outside of the podium podium looking in i mean they're on the outside i'm not quite sure they're looking in right i mean they're, they're number 11 team I, I don't know if they could crack the top five at the state meet because of just how strong these other teams are but it, you know they should have a lot of excitement around this valpo team which is how young some of their guys are and uh what they could uh do not just this year but as you know in the future as well so uh i i think they are strongly underrated i believe incc stats has them at the, as the ninth best team yes okay so that's an interesting point and i'm glad you you teed this up incc stats has valparaiso as the ninth best team indiana runner has valparaiso as the 11th best team i have been doing the rankings for a long time yes and i've been on incc stats for a long time 
as long as it's been a site. And one of the things that I've noticed about INCC stats is that there's a certain percentage increase from freshman year to sophomore year, sophomore year to junior year, junior year to senior year. Right. And anecdotal evidence here, I haven't gone through and looked all of it. I mean, for gosh sake, I've been waking up every three hours or something. Get some more sleep, man. Go, go take some melatonin. Like, what? Why are you getting up every three hours? Come on, man. Yeah, that's why. That's great advice. Um, Got you. That I think if if you're a good freshman, like a like not a not a good freshman, like I ran seventeen minutes, which is a good freshman, right? Yeah. Absolutely. A good freshman, like I scored. I was one of the top five kids on a top team in the state a team that finished in the top 10 or especially if it's a freshman that finished in the top 50 or 60 at the state meet i think that they overrate incc stats overrates those types of runners and that when you're that good as a freshman you're just not going to progress even proportionally as the same as all of the freshmen. And so if I pick one, closer, you're closer to your ceiling than the other freshmen are. Right. Yes. Yes. And I think every year that there are freshmen that project and, and it's just math. So I'm not going to say it's not fair, but there's, there's sophomores that had a good freshman year and finished, you know, in the top 50, 60, 70, that then project their the top 50, 60, 70 as freshmen. And then in their sophomore year, project to be fifth, sixth, eighth, or whatever, even though they might only be the 30th returner or the 35th returner. And I kind of think that Valpo may be in that position, that I'm just not, they ran three freshmen. They might've scored three freshmen they at least scored three freshmen at the semi-state. They had three freshmen finish in the top 50 of that semi-state last year. Yeah. I don't know if the, all three of them scored at the state meet, but I think that they may be in that position. Now, however, there's some movement. And we talked about potentially, we don't know for certain, but potentially Westfield may be getting in a transfer that on paper could help them out. Right. We're hearing that it's not certain, but Valparaiso may be getting in another transfer that would give them more depth. And that their their fifth returner ran 1726 and finished 52nd at the semi-state. And this incoming transfer or move-in, I'm not sure the exact situation, would help them substantially over that time. Like, yeah. like 30, 40, 50 points in like a state meet situation. So if they got there, you know, I, I don't think we'd have Valpo 11th. I think we might have Valpo a little bit higher. But as you know, and as we'll get into here later, that, um, yeah, this runner would be about 30 seconds ahead of that fifth runner. Right. So that at the semi-state is 20 points and the state meet is, you know, maybe 40 points. Um, that maybe Valpo's... You know, the, the top six are pretty good. Top six are really good. 
but maybe that moves Valpo more into like seventh, eighth, ninth. Seventh, eighth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would agree. All right. Are we ready? Let's do it. Top nine single digit ranked teams. Okay. I've got, I've got them kind of in, in different tiers. The first tier I call long shot podium contenders. And then the top tier, I kind of name them after movies. Okay. I ran this by our focus group. Our focus group is just the name I have for Andy Cowan. He loved it. Oh, okay. Okay. Not so number, well. number nine, Northridge. This is Derek Leininger's team. Northridge, 97.2% chance to qualify, 10.8% chance to medal per INCC stats. Okay. Northridge has a front runner, Jackson Miller. Um, potential Ewing theory candidate here. Jack Moore just graduated. Although I think Northridge was, let me look this up. I think Northridge, Northridge was eighth last year. Yes, they were. So they're kind of right in that same range. They're bringing five of their seven back from the state meet. Uh, Jackson Miller was a state qualifier over 800 meters in the spring. That's of all the distance races. That's obviously the hardest one to transition into cross country, but he had a good cross country season. He was seventh at the semi-state in a very competitive semi-state last year. Yeah. You got anything on Northridge? Uh, no, you hit it. Everything you're good. Yeah. Okay. Number eight. Noblesville. No, sorry, number eight, Franklin Central. Well, let me check. I've got two different things written here. Well, yeah, it depends on how you they're, they're, okay. two teams are very close to one another. Yes. Uh, okay, so I've got I've got on here number eight Noblesville. I think I had them switched and then I must have seen something that made me switch it. Our committee of one. Okay, number eight, Noblesville. Yeah. Yeah. 73.1% but... chance to qualify a lot of depth at Noblesville, right? 28.3% chance to medal. You've got anything on Noblesville? You know, I, I would just go back to the point that you made that um, no Noblesville, while being a, a very strong team and has had a ton of success the past several years, they're running into some teams that are uh, historically good ahead of them. And that's going to be really tough uh, you know, in terms of making the podium, they're gonna need a lot of help to get there, but they're uh, a definite lock, in my opinion, of making it to uh, well, of, of, of may I would say making the state meet. I, I really, I really do like Noblesville. I know they're they're the number six team in the Shelbyville semi state at number eight overall, but I, I just, I like who they bring back and what they've done. I, I think that there's a lot right there, uh, Garen as the number seven team in the semi-state, we need to be really on their game that day to compete with the Millers. So that seems uh, fair because uh, picking out of these teams, then the teams ranked after Noblesville, Garen, North Central, Westfield, Chittard, do you feel, do you give any Brownsburg, uh, Perry, do you give any of them a good chance to beat Noblesville? I, I would say no. I would say no. I would say they would need a lot of help. So the, the sixth ranked team in the Shelbyville semi-state is the eighth ranked team in the state. Crazy. I mean, but not, you know what, crazy. I, let me take that back. You would think that's crazy. Given the teams in the Shelbyville semi-state, that actually isn't that crazy. I just think that there are some around the state who may not want to, you know, admit it. 
So Noblesville has two potential front runners. Caden Click, who will be a junior, was 32nd at the state meet in cross country last fall as a sophomore. Yeah. He's not the number one runner on the team. He's the number one returner based on the state meet. Asher Probst was eighth in the state meet in the 3200. I could see Asher Probst finishing in the top five in the state cross country meet. He's that good. Yeah. Um, they're, they're deep, but it's, it's not, it's not who has the 20 best guys all added up. Although, you know, how about your boy, Paul Neidig, if you want to switch to that kind of scoring, um, Noblesville is tied with Zionsville for third in number of individuals ranked on INCC stats preseason list, which I think goes like seven, seven to 800 deep. Um, so that kind of star power, that kind of depth, they've got a, they've got a pretty good team. Noblesville has kind of been in the mix. Um, they were good last year. They had what seemed like a title contender in 2020. 2020 was a pretty strong year. It was also the year right after the pandemic. Um, you know, Noblesville has finished on the podium once, uh, in a normal year, this is probably pretty close to a podium team. Yeah. But this is this is not going to be a normal year. And so the Noblesville's uh, team ranking on INCC stats is 241. Uh, I think next year in 2023, I think 241 is like right there for for fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, but this this year, it's it's not. Yeah, I would agree with that. Again, they're a casualty of what's going to be a really deep year. Yeah. Number seven, Franklin Central. I think this is what will be released. I, apparently, I've got two different things going on. I must have been getting up every two hours and making edits to this document. Uh, Franklin Central, 59.6% chance to qualify. So not as good of a chance there as Noblesville. 19.0% chance to medal. However, for whatever reason, our committee of one likes Franklin Central more than Noblesville. Well, and, and maybe I would say that the Flash has had a really strong track season right they had some young guys uh, that must be why i changed this yes yes who performed very well um now oh, i know what the other i know what the other thing is too yeah at, at their own showcase uh but but also just you know as, as you look at a team consistently build over time uh the flashes have done that right and what was the other point that you added do you, do you want to add to that yeah okay so he, they had that uh middle school state yes. meet miracle mile whatever yep i got i fielded some texts about this franklin township and if i say something and people like that was mean well my wife went to went to franklin central so it's kind of like making fun of those country bumpkins up in fort wayne i can say it it's fine i married into it franklin township eighth graders had quite a few boys under five minutes and I, i wrote this in the thing i mean i think it was like it, it was a, it was a level that like, if you had that many kids from Hamilton Southeastern junior high, meaning they're either going to go to HSC or they're going to go to Fishers, right. or you had that the, of, of those four middle schools, or you had that many from the Carmel clay schools, meaning they're, they're potentially going to go to Carmel, but they could go to Garen or, or Burbuff. If you had that many break five minutes, it would be like surprising. And they're all going to Frank. I mean, I guess someone could go to Ron Collier or whatever, 
it was like seven boys broke five minutes that are in eighth grade. And so incredibly stuff happening at the middle school. I've, I have no idea, but they look very, very strong. And, you know, with they've, they've done really well, they made the state meet last year. I don't know how many years Sweetman has been the coach there, but he's clearly doing a good job. They've got a front runner, Braden Henkel. Uh, we called him the field house. And um, I wrote, it's possible that the, that the flashes contend for the back end of the podium this fall, possible, but unlikely and push Carmel and Fishers for the title in 2023 and beyond. I, I, don't I think this think is that's a team to watch out for. Yes, especially the following year, like you said. And, and we'll take a break here in just a second. But um, I think that this year, last year, it was incredibly difficult. And I don't think it, by the time we get to the state meet, I don't think it's going to be like last year. We're like, holy crap, like all six teams ran really well. Nobody blinked. Center Grove scored like 164 points and didn't even make the podium. I don't think that's going to be the case, but this year's teams have the potential to be that good. And Franklin Central and Noblesville are the first two teams kind of out of that in a normal year. And, and this year, as you look on INCC stats and you see what, what teams had and, and uh, you know, the freshmen and the sophomores last year, like it's going to fall off after this year. It's going right. to be a more normal year. It's and that, more like 2014, 2018, whatever, where, you know, teams are bringing back guys that ran 10, 10 for 3,200 and they score for them the next year. And it's just, it's fine. Right. And that sets a flashes up to, you know, really be contenders next year. Right. So not that they can't make some noise this uh, upcoming fall, but they could learn a lot of the experience, right. and make their way into it and, uh, all in season. And one more thing, we'll get to this break. It, it's a numbers game too they had seven boys run under seven, whatever, six, seven, eight, under five minutes. Not every single one of them is going to be super into it and is going to be a good high school runner. But sure. let's say 50% of them are like that. That's a team that in, in, in two years or three years is going to be really, really tough. Right. No doubt. And I'm not looking forward to handling that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. And we're back. Okay. We're going to go through the top six. I, I'm going to call, I'm going to tentatively call the top six title contenders. As we get into the top two, we might, uh, we might couch that a little bit. Sure. As to whether, what, 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 what does it mean to be a title contender? What, what, what do we know? What do we think we know? Fair. And then I named each of these after movies. I started this because I initially had, had started doing TV shows because I, I had titled Zionsville Stranger Things. Zionsville could win the state meet. Stranger Things have happened. Um, but then that's all I had. I was like, Breaking Bad, Ozark. I, don't, I didn't know enough. So I went through movies and I'm going to call it. Some of these are based on the content of the movie. And some of these are, you've seen this, right? Have you seen all the movies that I put on here? I well, Stranger Things is not a movie, but I've seen the first two seasons of it. Okay, um, but that's not one of them. No, uh, okay. that's something that I have not. All right. So again, so these are based just on the title, and some are based on the content, and that's how it goes. All right. Number six, Fishers. I'm calling Fishers the usual suspects. Fishers was fourth last year, a surprise fourth. Fishers was easily projected as the sixth best team. They finished fourth. They had a very strong, tight pack. No true front runner, but Tate Moe did finish in the top 25. Yeah. Fishers has finished on the podium 
in six of the last seven years. Fishers has won one state title. They've been a contender, but never won recently since that. They won in, I don't know, it was 07. 07, yes, 07. Um, Fishers has potentially two way high up, four and 14 on INCC stats. Fishers is, now again, I don't know exactly how it works in Hamilton Southeastern schools because there are, it's a much bigger school district than Carmel Clay schools or Noble schools. There are four middle schools and I don't think it's necessarily that these two middle schools go to these high schools. It's just kind of a free for all. What my understanding, and somebody might correct us here on the message board, but my understanding is in that school district, you get to pick which high school you go to. And yes, that, it's know, like Columbus. Columbus, Lawrence, there are a few that have multiple high schools and you get to pick which one. And, and if I'm wrong, somebody correct us here in the message board after the podcast is posted. But I believe, no, I'm deleting it. Okay, that's fair. I don't have time for that. I'm getting yeah. up every two yes. hours. Flag, flag it out. But uh, I believe that's the case. They get to pick. So Fishers is right. That Fisher, I call them usual suspects because Fishers is always Fishers is always good. Always. Always good. When someone kind of asks, I'm the coach at Carmel, and when someone kind of asks, well, what school is the most like Carmel? And it's Fishers. It's a large school. It's from the stuff that I know, and I don't know their coach super well, their training is kind of, similar to ours it's based on this kind of aerobic development oxygen delivery system they're just always kind of there and if fishers gets two in the top 20 their depth is going to be good this is kind of like we were talking about the northview team if they get two in the top 20 and they're a team that takes it seriously and they run together and they train all summer they're probably going to finish in the top five or maybe the top six and the winner of the junior high cross country meet in Hamilton County was a seventh grader right. from one of the Hamilton Southeastern middle schools, meaning he could go to Hamilton Southeastern, he could go to Fishers, but he's going to be in eighth grade. So that's, that's a moot point. However, the winner of at least one, if not two of the distance races at the Hamilton County junior high went to Riverside. And I think he's going to Fishers. I think they could have a, they had one last year. They could have another difference-making freshman, but that that's a tall order to be in the top five at that level. Correct, but as you mentioned, Fishers is a team that is always, always, always in the conversation for a podium finish. This will be no different if they place four or five at the state meet. I am not shocked that that should have. I mean, I know right now they're ranked outside of that, but that – would be, I, yeah, okay, I buy that. Yeah, for sure. I put my money on it, no doubt. Fishers, so Fishers is secure. You kind of know what Fishers is going to be. I think the next three teams on this list, and again, I just, I, I like to put in the caveats and stuff because if I don't do the podcast, nobody's going to do the podcast, right? So, um, but I am the coach of one of these teams. And so it kind of makes it awkward to, to go through and talk about it knowing that there's clearly one way and nobody ever says to me like, Oh, you shouldn't do it. You're biased. Like, yeah, I'm just, I am biased. And I, I, um, I'll just, you know, it admitted or identified up front. Um, Fishers is the deepest team in Indiana based on this. 
they have the most individuals ranked on INCC stats preseason. They have one more than Carmel. Okay. I initially thought it was tied because when I did it, I, you know, I did control F and it searched and it had each of them as 20, 25, meaning one was the team name and 24 individuals. But it turns out when I clicked all the way through it, cause I do my work that one of the, uh, one of the things that started with Carmel wasn't Carmel. It was someone named Carmela. Ah, man. So Carmel is one, is one short, run. although stay tuned. Can Carmel fill in that gap of one runner short in the top 780 on INCC stats? You got anything, on, anything else on Fishers? Fishers is always good. They're always good. Uh, they're always in the mix for the four by eight. They're always in the mix for cross country. They were fourth last year. I, we wouldn't have thought they, they would have been fourth. We would have thought that was a clear number six. And uh, whoever we is, we were wrong. We being one, I, I'm one of them. Yeah, I mean, that's all I would say is that the fact that Fishers will be a podium contender, no doubt. And if they find themselves on the podium the last Saturday of October, nobody's surprised. I'm not going to be. No. Okay, number five, Columbus North. This is more movie content. I put Rocky. I've been at Columbus North's practices before. I went every day for three years, almost every day. One of the times I had like a class, I couldn't go Wednesdays. Columbus North, you know, you know, Rocky, he's running up the steps. He's like, like punching like meat carcasses. He's, you know, drinking um, like just straight up like eggs, not even like bothering cooking them. Just like, like, a, hey, come on, Rocky, don't do that. You might get salmonella. He's like, what do I care? I'm Rocky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hardcore out here. It's Columbus. Modern, it's Columbus story. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, like, oh, a modern day Colin Altaville. I mean, you know, Colin Altaville gets in the morning. He drinks like four or five eggs just raw right and then he goes and punches some stuff um, yeah i mean then, i've been up i've been up all night so been up all night and then he just they just he runs to practice and talks well, okay i live like a half mile from our practice but sure. hey, hey, hey cole why couldn't you keep up with me on this run over here and uh yeah i mean you know he's he's a yeah he, he want who doesn't want to be colin altavoe well listen i'm a product of columbus north in a way right i mean i was rick weinheimer's assistant coach so exactly. rick weinheimer's back by the way coaching this season shout out rick columbus north my guy um columbus north has averaged 120 points the last three years at the state meet incredible incredible yeah columbus north had an excellent track season yeah they did now columbus north was third last year they had two runners in the top 15 they both graduated including the state champion right columbus north has Only three runners back that ran in the semi-state and the state meet. Right. However, again, excellent track season. Clayton Guthrie is our number one returner. He was 12th in the semi-state. He was in the top 40 at the state meet. He ran 156 in the track season. He ran 420. He's going to be good. He has a very good chance to finish in the top 25. He's ranked in the top 25 on I. Indiana runners preseason all state. Mateo Mendez last year was his first year of cross country. He finished in the 60s at the state meet pretty good. He ran 153 in the track season. And then this, I think, is an in, 
Columbus North is one of two teams with three runners in the top 25. Yeah. Yeah. This, I think, is a guy to watch out for. Will Russell. Will Russell was in the 80s, I think, in the state meet, but he ran under 930 in the track season in the 3200. The higher the distance, the more likely a runner is to be able to translate that into success on the grass and the longer race in cross country. So those, if they get three in the top 25, they just need to find a four or five. How, how low can a team finish with three in the top 25 in a program that takes it seriously and has an established tradition and great coaching. Right. And I, I guess what our committee of one is saying is fit because it's just that strong of a year, but in a normal year, if they had that and they've got uh, another runner named Kellen Hoddle, um, who I, who I think would be pretty good, but this, this isn't the year to have questions at five. I'll put it that way. This, is, this would be a tough year to have a guy finished over a hundred at the state meet and still make the podium yeah. and, fin- and finish in, Well, maybe to finish in the, in the podium, right? If, if your first three guys finish 15th, 18th and 20th, you may still be okay to finish fifth, but um, to finish in the top two would be, would be pretty tough based on what we know now. Sure. But you also have a team like Fisher's chomping at the bit here to, to be right there. You know, I mean, they're close, right? I mean, well, and when, you know, let's, we're both have been into college basketball at certain points in our life. Who are the blue bloods of boys cross country? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Columbus North and Fisher are, are well, those Carmel, are Columbus North, Fishers, right? I mean, Valparaiso, yeah. maybe, but that's, it's going back kind of far. Yeah, yeah. Carmel, Carmel, Columbus North, and Fishers are probably the top three over the last 20 years, certainly over the last 15 years. For sure. And, yeah. and probably in that order. Yeah. So the fact that those two teams are ranked back to back, now it's a lot of seniors this year at North. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that there's more seniors help. I guess I'll put it that way. I don't think that there's more like impetus to train or whatever, because, oh, this is, this is, could be the end of the line for us, but seniors, seniors help. But after this year, some of those other teams that we're talking about now that are ranked ahead of them, um, you know, Columbus North is, is maybe not necessarily a podium contender this year off of what we know now. However, Columbus North had a really good freshman class last year. Yeah. Not enough to matter in terms of the scoring, but if they, you know, if we're thinking, okay, they've got those good, those three stars and then their fourth runner should be like pretty solid. Um, and maybe he can run enough to like be close to them in the meets and they just need one more. Like, can they, you know, can they roll the dice enough with those three sophomores and come up snake eyes one, one out of three, then, then, then they're right. They're potentially right there. Right. Very well. Yeah. Very well. Could be no doubt. So there we go. Rocky Columbus North. They're just down there in Southern Indiana, beating up on big meat carcasses and guzzling straight up eggs. Not even bothering, like putting them just. I guess he put it through a blender, didn't he? Sure, but that doesn't cook them. No, no, that's aerates them essentially. That's why I don't do it. Yeah. All right, number four, Zionsville. This is the one that our focus group really liked. 
I put the Big Lebowski. You ever seen the Big Lebowski? Um, I've heard all about it. Yeah. Okay. So, but so no, no. That's a roundabout way of saying no. The, the The Big Lebowski is about a guy named Jeffrey Lebowski, played by Jeff Bridges, who has a case of mistaken identity, and they think he's this really rich guy, but he's not. He's just like a really cool, kind of chill, laid back dude. Everybody want to hang out with him. That's what I kind of like. You'd have to like to really get this. You'd have to kind of be from Central Indiana or know them. And I know, I know their two coaches really well. Their cross country coach and their track coach. Like nobody is more like the dude than Brad Rosebrock. Yeah. And Gabe Porras is a pretty laid back dude too. And I just I worked with Brad and and Gabe and I know each other from a long time. Went to the same college at different times. And Zionsville has their best team in school history this year by a lot. Yes. A lot. Zionsville has never finished on the podium in the top five. You well, now would be the time because they have four uh, seniors in their top yes. five, at least based off returners. Yes. Uh, from the semi-state. So, it's, you know, now would be the time to really make it happen after uh, a pretty successful four by eight effort this past spring. So like, this is, this is the year for the Zionsville Eagles. That's an interesting precursor because Zionsville finished six at the state meet in the four by eight and six is good, but they ran seven forty six and finished six, which is not a typical six place time. That's like a third place time. Yeah. And so again, you don't choose when to do this, but Having said that, Zionsville picked a really bad time to have a 746 four by eight. Yeah. They should have done it like literally any other year ever. And Zionsville may have a really tough year to have their best team ever. Yeah. They had two boys run 926 and 930 in the 3200. They had another boy run 421. They have four boys back that finished in the top 80. And but I would say, like, and maybe this isn't accurate. I don't know. I mean, I know, like I said, I, I, I know their coaches decently well. But I don't, like, if you look at the other six teams on here, it feels like the other five teams have a lot of pressure. So we're not into the top three, but clearly those are going to be in alphabetical order, Burbuff, Center Grove, and Carmel. Correct. And Center Grove will have a lot of pressure because they've built this team up with these freshmen, sophomore, juniors, now seniors. And Carmel has a lot of pressure because it's just Carmel and that just that's the way the school is. And I would never, I'll never work anywhere else. I love it. But there's just there's there's pressure, right? I mean, there's you're always a contender. Scott Litzkin told me one time, like it's you'd think like, oh, it would it would be easy because you're always good, but you it, it, every year that you're a contender ages you like dog years. Yeah, you have to be good. It's not just that you're good. You have you have to deliver on what is expected. Right. And a lot, most of that, the vast majority of that probably is self-imposed pressure. Fair. But yes. it's self-imposed. The kids have their own self-imposed pressure and the coaches have their own self. It's just, it is, it's pressure Parents. when you're a contender. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And Burbuff has a lot of pressure because this is, you know, they won last year, they were third two years ago, and they've got three absolute stallions. 
Zionsville has their best team in school history, but actually Zionsville's team is not projected to be as good in 2023. However, it's the number two team on IMCC stats. And so it just feels like, I think, I think there's value to this. I really do. I think there's value to saying we have our best team. Let's see what we can do. And like, you know, well, I mean, that, that's a lay it all out there. Yeah. You, you pull the kids aside on, on day one of the summer and say, Hey, you know, here's where we are. You know, we've got some seniors in the mix in their last chance. This, this is our shot to be on the podium for the first time ever. Um, let's, let's make it count. I mean, there's, there's no, like, we don't need out, like you mentioned, we don't need outside pressure. We don't need to, you know, uh, put anything else on us. We just need to show up and do what we're capable of doing every day. And, but as you mentioned, this is a team and, and a time that feels right, not for a state championship, but for a podium finish. Um, and, and that in, like you said, maybe in a different year, they are state title contenders. It just isn't going to be. And maybe they are this year projected. because stranger yeah. things have happened. Stranger things have happened, but just not projected as of right now we're calling here in 22 number three and i really thought about flipping the teams from three and two. Oh boy and that made it tough because it's impossible to dissociate myself from this number three burbuff the movie i put catch me if you can based on the title very good yes I'm, i am familiar with that movie and everything behind it so there you go well that I wish you were more familiar with the last movie because the last movie was about the content. This is just about the title. Burbuff has averaged 113 points over the last three years at the state meet. They scored well under 100 last year. And Burbuff had a really strange year last year. And it feels like we're going way over on time, but whatever. Pause it, come back. I don't care. You listen to the ad at the beginning. When the season is over, those are the results forever. And so you only had a few weeks to think about what might happen. And then if you're the personality to think back on that, you have years and years and years to think about what did happen. Yeah. So in our memories from last year, we remember Burbuff being awesome and Burbuff being the best team in the state. And they clearly were. Right. No, I, I came on the podcast multiple times and right was down on Burbuff and and that right. that was because their guys weren't racing I mean that you know I right. I, I have no and, problems about saying that I was I missed it but I missed because their guys weren't running and you could only base I I don't have any inside knowledge of Burbuff you you could only base what you know off what you know and and their their guys weren't out there telling exactly the and but winning the championship means never having to say you're sorry and right. so there are guys that didn't run all season or that started running in early October. If, if we, if we were on the tapes and played those back, like we never would have thought that they had done that, but it doesn't matter because they were clearly the best team. In fact, they probably could have been ability wise. They could have been better. Yeah but they had those injuries and it's incredible that they got back to it and got to that level. Right. Now, when you look at Burbuff based on INCC stats, they're projected lower than they're going to be. 
So they're projected 9, 10, and 11, meaning Burrell and Todd, Ezra Burrell and Cameron Todd are projected, I think they may be 10 and 11, but let's just say they're 9 and 10. They're not the ninth and 10th best runners in the state. They may be the second and third best runners in the state. And Mateo Rocio was like 21st or 23rd or whatever. He was in the, he was all state, but didn't get a medal. You know, he's like in the twenties. So on I on Indiana runners preseason, all state, they're higher than that. Yeah. I, I think they're third, fourth and, and eighth or ninth. So with Burbuff, it's all about, okay, let's say our guys finish third, fourth and eighth in team scoring. That's 15 points. Catch me if you can. Yeah. You know, what What do our fourth and fifth place guys score? Well, however, yeah. if we look through robust projected top five on INCC stats, and who knows, because that's a team that could get freshmen. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they'll get the best freshman from Carmel or Noblesville or whatever. I can tell you they didn't get the best one from Carmel. Yeah. I've heard they've got one that, that finished relatively high up in the junior high meet, but like that's tough. That's tough to transition to translate that right, right off the bat. Um, It takes five and Fishers has 11 before Burbuff's projected number five. Columbus North has 11 before Burbuff's projected fifth runner and Carmel has 17. Wow. And if it's, if it's the season is kind of attrition, right. That like some kids are going to, you know, one kid might get hurt and one kid might turn his ankle or whatever that like, you'd rather have you'd rather have more eggs to to throw against the wall to put it you know kind of well you would but if we if there was one team to counteract that it is the Burbuff Braves right we talked about all year you know you don't want someone to get hurt right you don't want this or that you never want that but a team that had serious injuries throughout the summer and into the fall and we kept saying Hey, this team could be really good, but I was down on them because they weren't actually running. All of a sudden they show up in October and they're running lights out. I, you know, this is a team that, that could do it. So this would be the one sort of caveat to what you said. Um, and, and, and much like the Zionsville team ranked right behind them, that this is the year to get it done, right. With a couple seniors and then they're, they're done and they move on. And, you know, guys like, I mean, you know, Cameron Todd, obviously is a junior will come back the following year and this will be uh, an elite, you know, all state, you know, top kind of contender kid, uh, potentially uh, um, state champion. I mean, this is, we're talking big picture here, right. Who knows? Uh, but I mean, you, you're losing guys like Rocio and Burrell. I mean, this is the year to to really put your cards in again after being a state champion the past year and and see what we can come back with at, at the state meet where buff could have and again i just i want to mention like i coach a team that's geographically and competitively the closest team to Burbuff, right so like i want my team to win but Burbuff has potentially three in the top 10 at the state meet and the overall top 10, not just in the team scoring. Right. Burbuff has potentially three in the top five at the state. Meet. Would it be crazy if they went three, four, five? Rocio is a third returner. Yeah. I No, that's not crazy. That's not crazy at all. The, the question becomes, what is their, what is their, you know, five do, you know, how, how close are they? And I think that'll be the limiting factor over the top two teams that we've already, or top two teams we'll get to here in a moment, you know? Yeah, because when you're looking at these other teams, and I let me see what I wrote for Burbuff, and then we'll get into the top two. And then 
since writing this article, like we'll, we'll get into what, what we know or think we know about the, the top two teams. Um, you know, how many, what, what's a good, what's a good benchmark from the season before that like, if you ran under this time, the odds of you potentially being a difference maker on a state contending team are pretty good. Maybe 435 in the 1600 and 10 minutes in the 3200. Does that sound about right? Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably about right. I, I think some of that's a little bit age dependent on the boys side, right? Like, like if you're young and you can do that, that's big. Um, yeah, I, I'll go with that. That sounds so. Good. That's fair. and then you like how many boys from Center Grove, how many boys from Carmel, how many boys from Fishers ran under 435 or under 10 minutes, and then how many boys from you know from from Burbuff did it? Because at some point it's kind of a numbers game on that, right? Uh, but also you know, Burrell and Todd might finish second and third overall. Right, they both ran four thirteen, yeah, over sixteen hundred meters, and they're right. both established cross country runners. And I believe, and as far as we know, they're both healthy right now. Yeah, and Rocio ran nine twenty, nine twenty. But he also, I think, believe he ran a race later. That was that was the nine twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he it, he wasn't even in. He didn't make the sectional roster for them. Right. He you know ran an incredible time sort of on his own outside of the I just say tournament season so um yeah that's they're, they're gonna be tough they're, I mean, there's no doubt they'll be very now good. over the last four years four cross-country seasons prior to this one for buff well it was it was three years in a row in the last year they didn't necessarily have one for buff got in the best freshman in the state essentially three years in a row yes yeah so if they if they were they don't need two of them if they got in a, a guy that could finish in the 20s or 30s the way that krishna did the way that um ezra did the way that cam todd did like they're right there right i'm not i'm not sure that they have that there's yeah. not a lot of there weren't a lot of those eighth graders around in the whole state last year and the best ones we kind of have identified where they're going to high school. And I don't think it's per buff, but this is the podcast that, that one of the two of us mentioned that we didn't think they'd make it to the state meet and then they won going away. So yeah, take Fair. that, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of take the lead on this a little bit more. Number two, Carmel. I said, the movie is back to the future. Back to the future. There we go. Okay. Uh, should I do third person here? Um, let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Carmel had finished in the top two at the state meet for nine years in a row. A Last year. year finished fifth. Finished fifth in the strongest year, self-defense mechanism here, in the strongest year ever. That right. level of performance, that INCC stats rating, that those – uh, certainly the track times coming back in the next season, like that's typically a team that contends for the title and finishes first or second in, an, in anything closely resembling a normal year, but last year wasn't a normal year. Carmel has averaged 127 points the last three years of the state meet, uh, returned five from the semi-state, four from the state meet, and have, you know, 
a, a runner that that is the favorite individually. So you're scoring four, but at the same time, scoring four isn't a very good mark when the other teams around you, their first guy is going to finish fourth instead of first. Like, okay, great. You saved three points. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. what, what does that matter? Um, I, I guess I'm, again, I'm trying to be, I want to present the information, but I also like, I go to, our, I go to Carmel's practices every single day and I have a good amount of influence over what the boys do at those practices and outside of those practices. So, um, everyone's excited about their own team in August, July and August, and everyone's excited about their own team in February and March, right? So clearly this is an easy time to be excited. Yeah. Other I than the front runner, here's what Carmel returns from last track season over 3,200 meters. 937, 938, 946, 949, 954, and 954. It's a lot of depth, so, but it's score five. It's not score 12. Again, Paul, my So let's, let's do this, right? Obviously you're, you and I coach at Carmel. Let, let's take the name of this pool away. Let's just look at this. Hey, here, here's a team coming in that has a 937, 938, 946, and so on. You list them off coming back for, for next year or for mm -hmm. this. I mean, how could you not be excited about just that? Right. And then you take it, you know, then you say, Hey, uh, by the way, uh, here's an, an all time great, who is the, the favorite to win uh, this, the state championship as an individual. Uh, and he has performed incredibly well at the national level. I mean, yeah. How do you, how do you not get excited about, you know, again, barring the, you know, take the team name away. Um, and one, you know, one thing we'll talk about here and you, you won't mention, we won't really get into much, but these top two teams, Carmel obviously being one of them, um, may or may not benefit from, you know, some more guys that we won't even discuss or, or really know about. Certainly either. not by name. Yeah. I'll put it this way, because something came up on the message boards about yes. one of these top two teams and has since been deleted and I'll leave it at that. And then I would have thought the other thing, not a lot of people knew about, but I've heard people ask me about it. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, is this what I'm thinking of? The answer is yes. Yeah. And when we talked about some of those other teams that might get potentially a score in to move in from another district, that helps. But with both of INCC stats for next year gives, and we can just kind of mesh these together in a way. INCC stats gives Center Grove a 31.1% chance to win, Carmel a 27.6% chance to win, Zionsville a 16.3% chance to win, Fisher's a 10.5% chance to win. Right. However, with the incoming runners who were not on these teams last year that's a fair way to put it yes yeah. non-freshmen they competed for high schools last year that weren't in the state of india 
we're not talking about a kid that ran 10 minutes in the track season and is coming in and could, we're talking about big time, heavy right. hitter distance, make, d- d- distance makers, difference makers for these top two teams. And I would say that that kind of 30, 33 to 25% chance to win is like, again, trying to dissociate myself and, and figure out the best way to present this information. And also like it's, we don't, we haven't confirmed it. So we don't know for certain, but we're pretty sure. Yes. We're pretty sure one, pretty one of sure. them, it's a primary source and the other one, it's like a tertiary source. that's really reliable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, like you said, both, both will, will benefit. Um, and, and that, w- that makes it, you know, just as competitive as we kind of thought going in. Right. I mean, w- when we sat down and thought about who, who could be title contenders going into 22, we didn't know about either potential difference maker, as you said, but since they both have one potentially now we're now we're still in the same sort of boat. There's no one real edge over the other as of now. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, that's, that is potentially. And again, I got, I'm trying to mince words and not say too much and two hours of sleep at night. Like, And if you know one, you're probably going like, oh my gosh, what's going on with the other one? Like that, these incoming new runners might be kind of washing each other out to an extent. Yeah. Not like, they're not exactly the same, but we're, we're, talking, we're talking about kids that could finish in the top. 20. Very conservatively, the top 20. Yeah. We're talking about kids that would have finished in the top 20 last year. Yeah easily at the, at the state meet so and then you know part of that is for for new coaching staffs to that's that's not an easy thing that the continuity matters in in distance running and um getting the the kids in and, and doing the the program for a while that that's kind of a that, that's that's a challenge essentially for the team and the 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 coaching staffs to to get these these kids in and help them to, you know to perform well right number one center grove our focus group loved this one as well for sure the departed the departed there you go center grove had the most talented the best freshman class in the history of indiana and i don't think it's particularly close Correct. And that should mean something coming from the coach of the other previous two or three top talented incoming classes for freshmen three years ago. Those athletes are now seniors. Two of them moved away. We didn't say it. We didn't say it. Right. Two of them moved away earlier and didn't go to Center Grove last cross-country season correct center grove has two returning all-staters they're ranked third and sixth on incc stats their top four are back from last year last year center grove was sixth at the state meet and that was the best non-podium team ever 
Center Grove had a really good track season. They were second in the state meet in the four by eight. There's not a direct translation to that, but they did it with a bunch of good distance runners. Two of them were seniors, but the two that weren't are back this year. Pretty sure Jarrett Rockwell was their anchor and he ran 153. Kyle Montgomery is going to be a junior. He ran 935 for 3,200. So we listed all those returning times from athletes who will be on Carmel's team that were, not, that were on their team last year. Right. 935 was better than all but one of them. Yeah. And then uh, Parker Mambella has, has consistently been at the top. Parker Mambella is ranked third in the state on INCC stats. Griffin Hennessy has run very well at the state meet the last two years in cross country. And then he ran um, whatever he split at the state meet. I think it was probably 154, 155. And then he came back and ran 416 after that. So, you know, and if Center Grove has in the move in, move back, um, the Center Grove's top three is probably right up there with, with Burbuffs. So it, yes. Yeah. It comes down to eventually, you know, it, it, it could be a math problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, if it comes down to Carmel center Grove and Burbuff, you know, how, how far ahead can center Grove or Burbuff get one through three? How close can Carmel stay one through three? And then if Carmel's behind, can you know can can a team like that close it better at four and five? But Center Grove's top five is looking pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty yeah. I mean they yeah. And then at, again, adding more firepower or returning firepower, what have you, they uh, it's going to be really tough. Um, but I, again, I think as we said before, the top two teams, I think that creates a wash and we're still in the same situation right and it may just be who is healthy and who is really ready to go on that day um but i, I would say and you don't have to say this but i would say those are your two serious contenders and then everybody else would need some help going in to to really change uh what could happen at the end of the season Well, we won't see those two teams at the mix. Not, uh, no, we won't. I, I won't be there. Will you be? I got something else going on that day. Will you be We're there? Sh- We're going to Shelbyville, right? Be in Shelbyville instead. So we were asked not to go to the mix meet. So it's okay. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure it'll, pretty forcefully asked. Yeah, I would. Actually, I, I wouldn't even say that we were asked. I'm sure it'll be a well-oiled machine without us. Don't worry. Um. Yeah, boy, I, I tell you that at distance. Distance races at that Mick conference meeting went really well. Um, <laughs> I know we bring this up every podcast, but actually, I don't care. No, I don't I, care either. If I was a football coach, I might, might not feel that way. Well, but if you look at the schedule, I'm sure that the those teams are playing. Carmel no, I think yeah, our our schedule looks really pretty similar. Yeah. And that's and what will likely, I mean, I have no inside information here. This I'm just going to start speculating, but will likely be very similar for the next several years because they are the biggest teams, the best teams, and they'll play each other. And right. some of these other schools are. Well, and now the new thing is, you know, we 
with the the IHSA rule changing, you can play teams from much farther out as long as you do it within the boundaries of whatever. So, you know, we, this Center Grove or Carmel could invite a team from really, really far away if if they so, so desire. I, I am excited for cross country. You excited for cross country? Yeah, I'm pumped up, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're just a couple of weeks out from the first official day. I won't say what team I coach, but okay. summer's gone really well. Yeah. So I'm just I'm excited, yeah. like you know, these these my these my little guys. They're my little dudes. I love my little guys. Well, dudes are doing well. We like that. It's going it's going pretty well. It's exciting. You get up and run every day. It'll probably be pretty good. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Colin. Uh, as the season is uh, upon us here in the next couple of weeks, um, what you you know, there's all kinds of ways to start off the season, right? How what do you like to do? What would you suggest to a coach who's looking to fill his or her schedule or young coach getting started? What, what's the best way? Do we do five Ks only? Do we do a four K? Do we do some kind of hokum? Like what, how do you like to get your kids up and going? Because it's been at this point, you know, when the first official meet can start, it's been a uh, couple months since they've raced um, at least at the IHSA level. So what, what does that mean for the start of the year? And uh, how do you like to get your boys up and going? Great question. I think our time trial at our team camp is going to be two miles. Okay. And then we'll go to a meet that has a 4K. I don't necessarily think that every single one of our boys is going to run in the 4K, right? If they've run a bunch of 5Ks, we'll probably just wait and get an extra, you know, an extra long PPM in that day, seven or eight mile PPM, depending on how old they are, and yep. then go to a 5K. So if you can, scaffolding, right? That's a big educational word. If you yep. can kind of scaffold them to do a, a 3K or two mile, 4K, 5K, I think that's the best. That's the best way for the runners. Because, you know, we coach, we coach these schools that have kind of star runners, some all-state returners, things like that, where the 5K is not that daunting. It's just, it's just a race distance. And some of our kids run five, six, seven, eight, William Oman, nine miles hard in practice and a 5K is not much. But for the vast majority of kids in, in Indiana high school cross country, 5K is a really long distance and you want to kind of work their way up to that. That's what I would suggest. Yeah. Okay. Very fair. A lot of coaches have different uh, philosophies on how they get going and maybe they or 5Ks only, that's it. We're, we're running a 5K and we're going that because that's the distance uh, at the end of the year or maybe some, you know, ease in like you suggest. I wouldn't raise my stars over 4K, I'll put it that way. Okay. If yeah. I were coaching the best returner that had won two state championships last track season, I wouldn't have him race a bunch of 4Ks. Might be a little bit of inside baseball. Yeah, right hypothetically. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey. This is the longest podcast ever, I imagine. But you heard it here first. There we go. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Let's man. Everybody. Go, Hounds.